Well, good morning, all of you guys. It's so funny. I don't know if you guys realize this, if you're here on a regular basis, but um, one side of the church is always fuller than the other, and it flips from week to week. So if I start preaching over here, it's, it's not because I like them more. There's just more of them. But I, just start paying attention, those of you that are here regular. It's funny how that works, that from one side to the other, it kind of teeter-totters back and forth. <laughs> Listen, it is so great to see all of you this morning. If I don't know you, because I know there's some people here I don't know, my name is Lindsay Young, and I'm an assistant pastor here at New Life Church. And can I just tell you that God is doing good things? Amen? I, I, I can't, I won't go into all of the, the details now, but um, I had a personal financial miracle this week, and then we had a church financial miracle this week that really just blew me away. And I told James, I said, I'm feeling so blessed. I might buy a scratch off because I just feel like things could go my way. And I I realize that's probably not the most biblical way to respond to it. But, you know, when things start going your way, you just kind of want to ride that wave a little bit, right? (laughs) But I tell you, you know, sometimes, and I will say this, this week has been one that it just seemed like, man, blessings kept happening. Good things were happening. That was not so much the case um, a little over a week ago. A little over a week ago, my dogs got in a fight, Um, a for real one. I don't know if you've ever seen dogs fight, but it was Monday morning, of course. (laughs) Those things don't happen on Fridays. They only happen on Mondays. My dogs got in a fight. My husband had just left for work. It was just me and my youngest, and um, they're big dogs. And I shut the door, and I thought, I guess I'll just clean it up because I can't break them apart. But my oldest, Jack, um, I thought he was gone, but he wasn't. He heard, the, heard it and came running back in. And he looked at me and he said, Mom, I'm going to open the door. <laughs> and, you know, you see your kids, and, and I realize that my, my 16-year-old is bigger than me. He's stronger than me, but I just still see my little kid. And he looked at me and he said, I'm opening the door. And he opened that door, and he flew in there, and he football tackled one of those dogs and threw him back on the bed. And I grabbed the other one, and, of course, the big dog was fine, and, I'm, you know, Jack got kind of scratched up. And so we're cleaning him up, and the little dog, who started it always, comes out into the kitchen where we are. And here I am trying to bandage Jack up, and the little dog shakes its head. And when he did, blood splattered all over us in our kitchen like a crime scene because his ear was split in half. And y'all, when I tell you that how that Monday started, I had to get a new phone that day. We had the dog issue. We had some other things. And before 11 o'clock, we had spent $500. Do y'all ever have one of those days? And when that Monday started and I thought, it's 11 o'clock and I have spent $500 on nothing that I wanted. Nothing. And let me tell you, that whole week went like that. (laughs) That whole week went like that. Have we ever had one of those weeks where you thought if somebody tried to tell you good news, you wouldn't believe it? Right? If somebody was like, oh, I've got great news, you're like, "Mm, probably not, but I'm not the best person to tell it to. I might jinx it. Don't tell me your good news. Things aren't going my way. Right? And then this week, it was like everything shifted a little bit. And everything that had been taken began to be restored completely 
Now, I tell you this because I know that some of you have had some of these weeks, right? You've had these weeks when nothing seems to be going right, right? Where you're just almost scared to like open a cabinet because you think everything might fall out of it, right? We've had those weeks. Let me tell you something. The disciples after the death and, and burial of Jesus were in one of those weeks. Nothing was going right for them. Everything they had sank themselves into felt like it was falling apart. Everything they had invested their time and their energy, everything they had given up and sacrificed for felt like it was wasted. It was discouraging. And then the resurrection happened. But remember, when you're in the middle of a hard time, sometimes good news is hard to believe, right? Let's look today in Luke chapter 24. We're going to go right through Luke chapter 24 today. The title of today's message is Before and After. Before and After. When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven. And to all of the others, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. They came and told them not only was Jesus' body gone, but they told them that they had been told that Jesus was risen that he had spoken to them and to the disciples who were in the middle of the worst possible week of their life. That good news sounded like nonsense. You are crazy. We're in a string of bad luck, guys. Somebody has stolen the body. On top of everything else we've been through, now we don't even have a body to go and take care of and a tomb to visit. Now we don't even have that. Their words seemed like nonsense. A little while later, Jesus appears to some guys walking along the road to Emmaus, and they don't recognize him. Look in verses 17 through 21. This is Jesus. It says, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. Listen to what they say. He was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Their faces were downcast. They had begun to speak about Jesus in the past tense. He was a prophet. We had hoped he would be the one. Everything about them was so distraught. Even after all of the miracles that Jesus had performed right in front of them, with them, they couldn't believe that anything good was happening right now. Grief 
blinded them. Disappointment clouded their vision, and fear stalled their faith until... We know all the profound stories about Jesus' followers and what they did and how they spread the gospel, but what was it that really changed them? What was it that really changed them? What turned them from people who followed a good prophet who did good things who they once had hope in? What turned them into the type of people who would change the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ? It was not the resurrection that changed them. That happened and they still hadn't changed. The resurrection wasn't what changed them. It was an encounter with the resurrected Jesus that changed them. Jesus was alive, but they didn't know it. They had not encountered the resurrected Jesus yet. I heard this story during the if gathering about these people, and I think I I shared a part of it at one point about how these people realized their kindergartner got put on the wrong school bus, and they they were terrified, and they called the school and found out where the school bus he was actually on was going. And they were literally chasing the school bus in their car, trying to get to it. And they get to where the school bus is, and they had put their kindergartner off the bus. And he's just wandering and crying and he's feeling like he's been abandoned and he's been lost and he doesn't know where anybody is and his parents he doesn't realize that the whole time he was feeling lost his parents were chasing after him and they knew right where he was and they were going to get him And all he could feel was that fear of being abandoned and left behind because he had no idea what was coming for him The disciples were feeling rejected and abandoned by Jesus, who they had put all of their faith in, but they had no idea who was following them and who was coming to meet them. That it wasn't just Jesus like they knew him. It was the resurrected Jesus. And the resurrected Jesus was about to change everything. That encounter with a resurrected Jesus, what did it do to them? What changed them? Really, truly, and honestly, what changed them? Because it's simpler than it might seem. And it's something that we all have access to every single day. Look with me in Luke chapter 24, verses 28 through 32. This is a continuation. Jesus has been walking with these men who are downcast and heartbroken and feeling dejected and fearful. It says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, And began to give it to them. They asked. Then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other. Were not our hearts burning. When he opened the scripture to us. They spent time. With the resurrected Jesus. They spent time with him. 
when they spent time with him, their eyes were opened to see who he was, and their hearts began to burn when he began to speak the scriptures to them. And they didn't even realize it at first. Their hearts were burning as he spoke to them, and they did not even realize at first. And then their eyes were opened as they spent time with him. As he broke bread with them, they began to have their eyes opened, and they began to see who was in front of them. It was Jesus the whole time. But spending just a little bit of time with the resurrected Jesus changed everything for them. In Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 46, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Remember, he'd been telling them. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. The next thing was that they began to see that he was the fulfillment of the scripture. And scripture was truth. Until Jesus rose from the grave and proved that he had risen, there was not the final fulfillment of the prophecy. And so this was a moment where he was proved as not only a prophet, but as the Messiah. It was only a resurrected Jesus who could fulfill the truth of Scripture and make it real to them. Only a resurrected Jesus can make Scripture real. The awareness that he is the truth. That it all was as he said it was. And that he was the fulfillment. In Luke chapter 24, verses 47 and 48. And repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. They were witnesses Spending time with the resurrected Jesus gave them a job to do. They were now witnesses. They had the truth with them. In verse 49, it says, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay into the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. They were promised power. So what changed them? An encounter with the resurrected Jesus changed them. And here's what we need to know. We are able to have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus every single day of our lives because he has chosen through his work on the cross to make himself available to us at all times with no separation between us and him. Jesus made himself the connecting point between us and God. And his work on the cross means that all of these things he was doing for these people right here are now available to you and I all the time because he is the resurrected Jesus. His presence opened their eyes and brought fire to their hearts. I want to tell you, I know I'm not the only one who probably feels the weight of this, if I really think about it. But there's been plenty of times where I have walked in a relationship with God um, out of habit. 
out of normalcy, out of like, this is just what you do. But see, it's not a habit or a thing that changes our life. It's the resurrected Jesus and his presence. Remember, those people had been with Jesus. They'd seen him do countless miracles. They'd been following him around for three years. And let me tell you something. Three years with the physical Jesus was not nearly as transformative as just a few minutes with the risen Jesus. Mm. And we have it all the time. And so when we find that our lives are being overshadowed by grief and by fear that is in sometimes insufferable and suffocating to us, when life is laying it on thick, we need to ask ourselves, are we intentionally seeking out encounters with the risen Jesus, or are we just trying to get by on the miracles we know he once did? Because it was not until they were in his presence that their eyes were opened. I'm going to tell you, for some of you here today, God has been stirring up some fire in you that you haven't really known what it was a discomfort maybe within your spirit that you're not sure what it is. And I'm going to tell you that just as those men on the road to Emmaus looked back and realized how their hearts were burning when Jesus spoke to them about the scriptures, God is speaking to you and your spirit is recognizing it even if your mind does not because our spirit man is designed to recognize his presence. But our mind doesn't always get in gear. In Jeremiah, it says that his word is shut up in my bones like a fire that wants to come out. It cannot be held in anymore. A resurrected encounter with Jesus Christ, with his presence, will change you and your life. It will change you. His word came to life with him And it all started to come together. Let me tell you, sometimes I have read the Bible and it might as well have been in its original language. These and thous and all the words run together. Meher Shalahazbaz, longest name in the Bible, 17 letters. It all starts to sound like garbly gook, right? And so many times it's because I'm just reading the Bible because that's what I'm supposed to do right? Remember, it wasn't until Jesus reminded them of what they had listened. They knew what the word said. They knew it real well. He had told them already once, but it wasn't until they heard him say it as a risen Jesus that it says their minds were opened to the scriptures and they began to understand. If we are trying to read the Bible in the absence of the presence of Jesus, it will not be open to our minds. We have to approach the word of God as the living word of God being spoken to us by the resurrected Jesus so that it has the power to do what it was meant to do. 
It is more powerful than a two-edged sword. It is meant to cut off what is unneeded. It is meant to bring together what is needed. It is meant to give purpose and meaning to our life. But if we approach it as a book without the presence of Jesus, it is only a book. It is only with Jesus that the word begins to become truth in our hearts. His purpose for them and his promise for them brought hope. They were fearful. You know, it was not a good time for them as followers of Jesus to be in Jerusalem. It wasn't a good place for them to be. People were out to get them. They had crucified Jesus, and now anybody who followed him was in danger. And they had been in hiding, fearful, tucked away, unsure of what their future was, until he appeared to them, and he said, You all are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. And the forgiveness of sin will be preached to all nations. And he gave them purpose. Everybody's looking for who they are and what their purpose is. I work with juniors and seniors. They are all trying to figure out where to go to college and what to major in and what to do and student loans and everything else. And it is a lot, right? And there are adults who are doing the same thing. But let me tell you something. There are thousands, if not millions of people who have tried to find their purpose in degrees and relationships and in what they do and in the size of their bank account. And let me tell you something. Until you begin to realize where your purpose really comes from, it will never be satisfying to you. You will have a job and a career, and I hope that those things are good and blessing. Let me tell you, God creates us to do great things. Those of you who are nurse people, thank God for you. I don't do throw up or blood, really. We have a tag team system at Family Christian School. If a bone comes out, we know which one can handle that, who handles the blood, who handles the throw up, right? We have to rotate out these kinds of things because that's not what we were made to do. And I realize some of you, God has gifted you to be able to do things, right? Some of you are so smart at so many things. Colson's going to some governor's school where he's going to spend the whole summer doing mathy engineering numbers things. And he is excited about it. I am excited for him. I have a friend, her husband has a master's degree and then got his doctorate. And this type of physics, which basically explains neutrons and electrons and how they move. And she said she went to his doctoral presentation, and she just smiled the whole time, having no idea what he said. But she was so proud of the cupcakes she had made for him. Listen, you were gifted something that is yours to do. And prayerfully, God will give you favor that you will be able to make a living doing what it is you are good at doing. But let me tell you something, that's still not what gives you purpose. It's still not. Because here's the thing, that can be gone in a minute. And if our purpose is found in temporal things, then we will be lost just as the disciples were before Jesus came back. We will be lost. Because the things of this world will never sustain us. 
They will never give us purpose. It is Jesus who gives us purpose. And when he looked at them and he said, you are witnesses and you will give the gospel to the nations, it woke up a purpose inside of them. Not all of those followers that day were just disciples. There were all kinds of people in all kinds of jobs that did all kinds of things. But their purpose became spreading the gospel. There were followers who opened their homes for the disciples to come and provided for them while they ministered to churches around the world. Let me tell you something. Jesus has a purpose for you. And it is bigger than anything that will ever give you a paycheck. It is bigger than your marriage. It is bigger than your children. Your purpose is in a resurrected Jesus. But he also gave them hope. And he promised them that power was coming. The promised Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. He resurrected. He came He showed them who he was, but guess what? He had to leave again. He'd already left once. And the last time he left, everything fell apart. And so he had to leave again. He had to leave again. If you're getting baptized today, you guys can go ahead and head out to get ready for that. Worship team can start making their way up today. Jesus had to leave again. Would it be the same thing? Would this time when he left, just like before, when he left them, when his physical presence was no longer with them, would it be just the same thing as before? Would the grief and the disappointment and the fear overwhelm them once again? Not this time. Not this time. In Luke chapter 24. Verses 50 and 52, 50 through 52, the final verses of Luke's gospel. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. An encounter with a risen Jesus was more transformative than three years with the physical Jesus. The resurrection changed it all. And they went and they faced danger and uncertainty with great joy. It goes on to say in the last little part that they committed and they spent their days in the temple worshiping God because the resurrected Jesus changed everything. And the same is true for you and me. If Jesus is just a thing we do or a habit, then grief and disappointment and fear are often overwhelming to us. But we fight against the current when we spend time in his presence, when we spend time in his living word, and we hold strong to our purpose and his promise. I want to tell you today, we have a choice about tomorrow. We have a choice. We can return to life as normal 
or we can return with a resurrected life. We have the choice for what tomorrow will bring. Grief is still going to be there. Disappointments are going to happen. Fear is absolutely still going to be something that we have to wrestle with. The difference is, is that his promise was true and he sent the Holy Spirit to us. And now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and his presence is always with us. And I want to encourage you today with everything in me to acknowledge the resurrected life that God has given you. Acknowledge it. It will not be perfect. The dogs are going to fight and you're going to have to clean up a crime scene. Your children are going to forget their project and not remember it until 9.45 p.m. the day before it's due. You are going to think you have paid all of your bills only to realize you forgot one. And listen, it's bigger than that. We are going to face loss. We are going to face hardship. We are going to lose people that we love. Life is going to always have its problems. But take heart, for he has overcome the world. Those disciples watched Jesus feed 5,000 people. They watched him raise Lazarus, Lazarus from the grave. And let me tell you, I know he's done miracles in each and every one of our lives. I know that he has in my own. But I, too, am guilty of still trying to live with a faith that is built on the ways God has showed up before and not with a faith that is living and active and right now. He keeps showing up for you. He will not quit showing up for you. He is always ever present. And he has given you purpose. And he has given you a promise. And he has called you to a resurrected life. If it had ended, if Jesus had just resurrected, right on up to heaven things might not be the same because it was an encounter with a resurrected Jesus that song we sang it says upon this rock I will build my church that's straight from scripture and it was quoted and said about Peter Peter who gave up because, the, because Jesus had left him and he went back to life as usual and back at life as usual nothing was happening and then a resurrected Jesus showed up and said you know what even in your normal fishing life I can do more than you could I'm here to change your life he recommissioned Peter he recommissioned his disciples and today each and every one of us if you have found yourself living in a pattern of normalcy and in a pattern of being overwhelmed by grief and disappointment and fear and overwhelmed by your mistakes and your failures and your disappointment with how life has gone if you have found yourself in that pattern today then today is the day to say I will not be consumed by what has happened to me I will be consumed by by a resurrected Jesus.
I have a resurrected life because I have a resurrected Savior. Now listen, our baptism people are getting ready, but if we could today, I want to ask you to stand. We're going to take just a minute. I preached longer, so maybe just the chorus. I want to take a minute today. We're going to sing this song, Raised to Life. Hey, guess what? This is you singing this. It's got to be your story. It's got to be your realization. It's got to be you. It is only you and Jesus. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. He has raised you to life. So today, as we sing this chorus, I want to encourage you to sing this from your heart. And if you can be honest with yourself today and say, I don't, I don't remember, I don't know what the presence of Jesus, of a resurrected Jesus feels like, I don't know what it looks like, I don't know what it is. That's okay. Invite his Holy Spirit and his presence to come into your life. And if life has stacked you up with disappointments and heartaches, if your faith is feeling a little weak today, make the decision to sing this song with everything within you because you have a resurrected life because you serve a resurrected Savior. Amen. Let's worship for just a minute as we get ready to baptize people. to
day today. Also, I want to acknowledge we have a, a new member who has joined our church and Miss Marissa Enfield. She, y'all can wave at Miss Marissa back there. <laughs> and we already got her serving. She's been with our, your kids today doing a great job. We're so excited to have her a part of our church today. We've got another a young lady who is in the process right now of becoming a new member. God is, is moving at New Life Church of Jackson. And I have to tell you that this is my favorite thing that we get to do. We get to do lots of things. But I I can remember the faces of every person I've ever baptized. What a joy that it is to stand with someone as they make a public decision to acknowledge that they have been dead and buried with Christ and they are now raised to new resurrected life with him. Amen? Amen. So listen, we're going to welcome these people to come out. Pastor Haley, Pastor Jeremy are going to be baptizing today. Let's just celebrate with them and cheer for them as we celebrate what God is doing. morning, everyone. I have the awesome honor of baptizing. Miss Paisley Jager. I have known her. I'm going to baptize you. Hold your nose, baby. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. baptize my bestie, (laughs) Miss Lily Measley. She's amazing. She's amazing. And today is a new day and a fresh day. Behold, all things are going to become new, my sister. So hold your nose, sweet girl. And I baptize you in the name of of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the mighty name of Jesus.
Nothing like a little guy baptizing a big guy. This is Lily's dad, Mike Measley. I've had you on my prayer list for a long time, man. When your sister had told me about your story, I added you to my prayer list and began to pray for God to move in your life to break free the chains that were bound you. And this family would see the breakthrough that the power of the resurrected Jesus can do in a, in a person's heart, in a person's life. And I was reading this morning in Philippians 1, where Paul said, my prayer and my belief is that the work God has started, he will be faithful to finish it until the coming of Jesus Christ. And so my prayer today as I baptize you, Mike, is that the work God has started in you, you will not go backwards. You will go forwards until the Christ returns, that your life is new today. So, Mike, hold that nose, man, just in case. It's an honor and it's a privilege to baptize you before this congregation. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of Jesus. this really quickly there's an extra towel and an extra set of clothes on the bleachers right back there and if you want to get baptized today and weren't prepared for it those are yours we got a few more to go All right, you're more my size, Rod. Well, you packed out a row or two here today. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of the new work Christ has started in you. I was looking at your tattoo this morning. You were showing it to me and explaining the story behind it. That Jesus... He really is a chain breaker. He really does and really can break and any bonds that hold us down and hold us back. And this is a story and a life that gives witness to that today. That today marks a new day for you. A new day. You would hold your nose, my friend. It's an honor and a privilege, Rodney to be able to baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of Jesus.
This is my middle child, Callie Lynn Smith. Her older sis got baptized back in the fall, along with her youngest, Emma. And we've been praying for Callie and talking to her for a while. I just want to just shout out to the labor of love for our New Life Kids ministry. Uh, You don't get to see their faces a lot because they're already here early preparing for our children. But each week they take the time to sow the word of God into our children's lives. And this, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, she came running up to me after church and said, you guess what, guess what, guess what? I'm going to get water baptized. It's time. It's time. And I'm so thankful for a church that believes and makes room for the next generation. Amen. So, Callie, if you would hold your nose, sweetie. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to do this. A day I will never forget. To baptize you as a follower of Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in Jesus' name. All right, really special right here. These next three are all one family, sisters and father, baptizing a family today. (laughs) The Dominguez family. And this is Sadie. Sadie was one that came with Callie after church a couple of weeks ago and was telling me, I'm getting baptized and I want you to baptize me. And I can only imagine the thrill of their mother's heart, the fruit of love coming out, the labor of love coming out here today. And as Lindsay said, there's, there's three. And, man, what a statement today. What a statement for this family today. Uh, what a statement that we get to play a part in. God wrote this today. God scripted this today. We can't make this stuff up. This is for real. And so, Sadie, it's an honor and a privilege today to be able to baptize you as a follower of Christ. And I baptize you with great joy and honor in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of Jesus. This is Ruby. I just, I just feel like there is so much more to your story, to your future, than you give yourself credit for. You have not messed up your future. Shame, regret heartache, whatever it is, today at this moment, when you go under and come out of this water, receive it as God 
washing away and giving you a brand new start that you have a future ahead of you. Pastor Lindsay preached on it this morning. Experiencing the presence of the resurrected Jesus gives you a new hope and a new purpose. Your eyes are about to be opened to what the future holds for you that God has crafted and has written for your life. There's a future for you. And he's, gonna, he's put everything inside of you to be able to live it out. And it all begins today, all new. So it's a joy, Ruby. It's an honor to baptize you as a follower of Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of Jesus. icing on the cake. God crowning this family today with Danny Dominguez. You know, I first met your family, I don't know how long ago now, and over the years we've gotten a an inch closer, it seems like every so often we keep getting a little closer. And now I've, I've, I'm able to text you. And you reply. Man, Rodney telling me this, some stories about how the exchanges y'all have had and him encouraging you. And you get a part in this. Come here, my friend. You get a part in this. Will you help me? Yes. Will you help me? A new brother in Christ and a new brother in Christ together. Amen. Amen. Hold your nose, my friends. What a story. Father, today it marks a new beginning for this, for this man, this brother in Christ. And Danny, it's with great privilege and joy I baptize you as a follower of Jesus. Not a follower of religion, but a follower of a, in a relationship with the living breathing, resurrected Jesus inside of you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, even in the name of Jesus. Woo!